welcome in this place. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place. Good morning and welcome to Maple Street Worship Center. Um, that was a new song, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> so I'm glad you guys caught on to it. Um, the theme that I kind of got for this week when I was picking songs was grace and new beginnings, new chances, new life, new hope, um, especially in our church and in our church body. Hopefully these songs reflect that, but I, I think that's something that is really starting to happen this year. Um, and I think why I got grace with that is because all of that is covered in grace if it's going to happen. And here's a song about new stuff. torn you mend again you redesign the tattered thread by thread you take the broken and destroy Exchanges old for new dawn has conquered night and death has brought to life and now we are exchanging old for new Good night and death, oh, it's brought to life and now. 
are exchanging old for new. There's nothing that your love won't do. There's not a mountain faith can move. There's power in the blood, the power of the cross. There's nothing that your love won't do. There's not a mountain faith can move. There's power in the blood, the power of the cross. Exchanges old for new. Dawn has conquered night and death has lost a life, and now we are exchanging old for Before we carry on, I just wanted to, some of you probably noticed that muster point sign over there, which uh, if we had a fire in here, that wouldn't be a very safe place to go, just so you know. If we have a fire, go out the exit signs. However, um, so what that, what that is, is uh, so at work sites, lots of times you have a muster point, which is a safe place to go. Um, so that's our, our spiritual safe place to go, what we're going to call it. So if during the service, like we're start, we're moving some different things corporately. Holy Spirit's doing stuff, and lots of times we hear stories after the fact. Oh, that morning I was sensing such and such, or uh, I was seeing this, and I thought I was the only one. And then it turns out there's three other people that are sensing the same thing or seeing the same thing, and we maybe had a, a direction we could have gone corporately, but we didn't have a way of of communicating that. So. I want to make sure this is open to everybody because God talks to everybody in different ways, but God does talk to everybody. So if you're sensing something, seeing a picture, or like something's even bugging you, that you want prayer for something, like it's, it's like, oh, I'm struggling with this this morning, or I'm sensing something for the body, or I don't know if it's just for me or if it's for everybody, but I want, I want some people to come around me and help me discern this, help me, help me sift through this and figure it out. Just go over to the muster point sign, and, and the rest of us, again, in response, as a body, just listen to what Holy Spirit's telling you. If you're feeling a sense to go over and pray with that person, just, just go over, ask, what's going on? Um, I mean, there's a, a few, like, Pastor Steve, obviously, will pay attention if he's not completely gone in worship like he's getting to lately. But, um, so if you see, no, it's not, it's not a bad thing at all. Uh, if you see somebody over there, just just go over there and and let's let's move as a body in in this. Let's uh, let's listen as a body because um, there's lots of description of the body, the, the body of Christ, the church, and that's that's us, the people, living stones. 
So if you think of a body with many parts, they're all connected and they all sense each other too. Like there's, I prick my finger, I feel that up here in my in my head, right? It's, it's all connected. So, so that's what that muster point sign is about. So if you're sensing something, feeling something, just head on over there, and others will come around you and pray. And, and church, don't don't let me down. Like if you see somebody go over there, go over. Carol, what? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you're if you're if you're really if you just know, okay, this is for the body, whatever. Just get up here to Pastor Steve, and 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 he'll he'll kind of figure out what we're going to do with it, how to respond to it corporately. That's always the the trick. Like, it's not the trick, sorry, but that's the thing leading this with the service. You're trying to hear what Holy Spirit where He wants you to go. And I'm not a real f- feeler type feather. Like, I mean, some just sort of go over, poof, you know, as an indication stuff's going on. I, I'm a fence post. I don't tend to fall over. But um, some others are feathers. I, now, we, now we know Greg's a new feather. Um, so so we, we, need to, we need to learn how to move in this together as a body, as, as a corporate body. So um, that's what that, that sign's about. And, and uh, yeah, good enough explanation. Everybody got that? Well, we'll explain over the next couple of weeks in case you know, and some new people come in too just so they have an idea. It's like, that's a dumb place for a muster point. I mean, yeah. That's what it's about. There's a place where I love to run and play. There's a place where I sing new songs of praise. Dancing with my Father God. With my father and God in fields of grace. There's a place where I lose myself in Him. There's a place where I find myself again. Dancing with my father and God in fields of grace. place where religion finally dies there's a place where I lose my selfish pride dancing with my father God in fields of grace dancing with my father God in fields of grace Take that 
There's a place where I love to run and play. There's a place where I sing new songs of praise. And I'm dancing with my Father God in fields of praise. Dancing with my Father God. There's a place where I lose myself in Him. There's a place where I find myself again. And I'm dancing with my Father God in fields of praise. Dancing with my Father God. There's a place where religion finally dies. There's a place where I lose my selfish pride. Dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. Dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. Father God in fields of grace Dancing with my Father God in fields of Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. 
we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one you could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Open up my eyes in one. 
crashes over me, crashes over me. You are for us, you are not against us. Champion of heaven, you made a way for all to enter in.
does your love wave after wave crashes over me crashes over me for you are for us you are not against us champion of heaven you made a way champion of heaven you made a way for all to enter in If anybody's got stuff in their life right now that just looks impossible, he is the God that makes a way. We were praying this morning before we were, um, we were talking about Moses parting the Red Sea. That was Moses with God, but he parted the Red Sea. God makes a way, even through oceans. So we want to just release that this morning. Just release the hope the hope and the belief and the faith that God makes a way. We have a good Father that we can trust in. So just just sing that over yourself right now. Just sing, you make a way to God. Just declare it to your own spirit this morning.
See the sun waking up in the morning, reviving dreams. I feel the wind on my back with promise, reminding me that there's a coming of praise for heaviness. There's a new song burning inside my chest. your hopes up, lift your head up, let your faith rise, get your hopes up, our God is for us, he's brought us back to Get your old 
has lower back pain right about there. Come up and see me and I will pray for you. Get your hopes up. Lift your head up. Let your faith arise. Get your hopes up. Our God is for us. He's brought us back to life. Get your hopes up, lift your head up, let your face arise. Get your hopes up, our God is for us, he's brought us back to life. Christ be for me, Christ be
we just uh, stretch our hands toward everyone that's up here to, to receive prayer? Can we just do that? Thank you for the, the gifts of the Spirit at work today. We thank you, Lord, for speaking, and we thank you, Lord, for our stepping out in faith. And we thank you for those who responded, and we reach, reach our hands right now as a church, and we ask you, Lord, God of miracles and signs and wonders, the God who brings restoration and healing, the God who brings deliverance, the God who heals all of our diseases, and we just pray right now into what's happening here, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just release your power, release your power, may your power come upon each one of them right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. May the may gifts of healing flow right now in Jesus' name into those areas of the backs. Hallelujah.
There's a garment of praise for heaviness. There's a new song burning inside my chest. I'm living in the goodness that he brings. Yeah. There's a garment of praise for heaviness. There's a new song burning inside my chest. I'm living in the goodness that he brings. I'm living in the goodness. I'm living in the goodness that he brings. I'm living in the goodness that he brings. Get your hopes up, lift your head up. Let your faith arise. Get your hopes up. Our God is for us. He's brought us back to I think we should just sing a praise song for what God's doing today and just for who he is. Um, I think most people would know the doxology, just a simple praise chorus. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him. 
creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Thank you, worship team. Great job this morning. Thank you so much. Lord is doing stuff, pretty, pretty special stuff here, isn't he? Amen. The Lord is doing special stuff. That's right. Anything the Lord does is special. So we're just going to let them continue to pray. Hallelujah. God is good. I've um, just recently just said, hey, come expecting, right? Come expecting whatever God has for us. And uh, whatever, it's wonderful to see the kids engaged. And um, so, so again, welcome to Maple Street. And just want to hit a couple of things here this morning. I trust you've all received your, your bulletin coming in. And um, as they continue to pray, you know, that's what we do on Tuesday nights. We just have worship and we pray. And so if anybody wants to, to join us, we've been having a really great time that way. And I really believe that, um, that when we do that, it helps to shift the atmosphere. Anybody believe that? That God does some, he does some things in response to our calling upon him. And so Tuesday nights at 6.30, with the exception of the night that I have to be at a meeting, uh, and on that night, it'll be 7.30. We'll let you know well in advance. So Tuesday night, seven or 6.30, regular time for our uh, praise and prayer night. And, of course, coming up on the calendar on June the 1st, we have uh, Jim Holtum's going to be with us, and he's going to be uh, bringing stuff concerning the gospel and power. And uh, we still believe that the Holy Spirit works in powerful ways. Anybody agree with that this morning? The Holy Spirit works in powerful ways. And uh, so we want to, we're having a focus on that, and Jim's going to be with us. Jim's been here before, and Jim's going to be with us again, speaking on the subject of simplicity and sonship. I have had some uh, response back on water baptism, and uh, I think what we're going to try to do, just to track it a little bit easier, rather than um, me having it 
try to be filed away in my, in my mind, which uh, how many guys would ever say that your brain is like a leaky vessel at times? Um, it, can, it can go in and stay there for a few days, and then for some reason it gets mixed up in, in the back of your, your filing cabinet. And so um, we're going to have some, uh, just some sheets handed out, um, something simple just to mark your name down and your contact for those that are interested in water baptism. And we're going to try to get that arranged uh, very soon. Uh, probably by next week, uh, we're going to take care of that. Also, um, keep a note of our camps that are coming up. Moose Lake Camp, the uh, summer camp schedule is there. Of course, Sunnyside Camp schedule is there as well. And uh, just keep our church in, in prayer. Also pray for veteran camp. And that's June 30th to, to uh, July the 6th. And we uh, have some that go to veteran camp from here. And they always come back charged up. So we want to recharge the batteries with those young folks. Amen? Amen. Um, I don't think I missed anything. Is there anything that I missed? I mean, it's okay if I just ask that. Is there anything I missed? Diane has a hand up. Yes, cake after church for those who have a birthday in the month of May. So, pardon? Penny's birthday today. Right there. Penny's birthday today. Happy birthday, Penny. 29, right, Penny? 29 years of age. <laughs> Who else celebrating a birthday in the month of May? You lift your hand. Share. Whoa! Maybe you better stand up so we can actually see you. Penny standing. Who else is, is all the birthdays in the month of May? Stand up. Just stand up so we can see everybody here. I, I thought I saw other hands go up. They're not admitting it. Okay. Well, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Okay. Happy birthday to you. And many more. Amen. Let's give them a, a clap off or, or a clap. For uh, and a clap offering to the Lord for for uh, giving them another year, and so we just pray over you and bless you and ask that God will just reveal His plans and purposes for you in the coming year, and that you'll walk into the destiny God has for you. Isn't that good? Amen. Going to ask the children to come. Wonderful to see all of these kids here. Wonderful to see that growing. How many know that they are not the ch- the church of just the church of tomorrow, they're the church of today? They're the church of today. And uh, at Maple Street, we want to communicate that children are they are prized here. They are prized. They are a a joy to have. And uh, yes, they are more energetic than us, and they keep us on our toes and all that sort of stuff. And. Let's, let's pray over these, this beautiful group of kids. Can we do that? Let's, let's pray together. Let's stretch your hands out, pray with them. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne, and we thank you for every young life that is here. Have a wonderful plan and purpose for their lives. And we pray, Lord, that as they go to upstairs, to their families that are here today, and may the word of God not only lodge in these young lives, but in the, in the lives of their parents as well. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Amen. And God bless you as you go. Heading upstairs.
If we could turn this morning to Acts chapter 2 again. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And this morning I want to, I think last week, I spoke on the significance of Pentecost. The the significance of Pentecost. And if you remember, who was here last week? There's a few of you who were here last week. Who wasn't here last week? Okay, you you missed a great service, by the way. You weren't here last week. You missed something else. I'm going to tell you. Uh, You really missed it. You you missed some cool stuff that was happening here. But I I just want to encourage you that, uh, you know, come expecting, right? Come expecting. Come expecting God to do something. I remember when I was a kid, and uh, that was the... That was the way people looked at church. You just, you just never know what's going to happen. You never know who the Lord is going to save. You, know, you never know who the Lord could heal. You never know what's going to happen in church. You can't miss a service. Morning, night, especially the night services, because they were always the best. Midweek, whatever it was, you didn't miss, or you tried not to. Because you don't know what the Lord... And I want to just encourage us this morning that when we come and we gather together, I want you to know you bring the Spirit of God with you because the, the Bible tells us that, we, that, that, that the Spirit of God, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So when you bring the Spirit of God with you and someone else is bringing the Spirit of God with them, isn't it amazing what happens when there's synergy? Spiritual synergy. That's what I'm going to call it. Spiritual synergy. I don't know if you'll find that anywhere else, but spiritual synergy. There's just something special that happens when the body of Christ comes together and we decide that we're going to worship and we're going to praise and we're going to ask God to have his way. And when we do that, you just never know what's going to happen. So I was really, really pleased last week. Just incredible uh, time and so encouraged. This morning I want to look at Acts chapter 2. If we turn to Acts chapter 2 this morning and we're gonna, we, we looked last week at the significance of Pentecost. We talked about the day of Pentecost. It was a, a, a feast, a festival time. We knew that there was a number of people that gathered there that day from all over. It was a very significant event on the calendar, and it happened to be the day that the Spirit came. And we happened to notice last week that one of the things about Pentecost was that there was an empowering of the Spirit. And we're going to, of course, refer to that as well. But there was a number of things that we covered off last week concerning the significance of Pentecost. And this morning I want to talk about the meaning and the message of Pentecost. The meaning and the message of Pentecost. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2 and we're going to be picking up at verse 14. And before we do that we're going to pray. So Heavenly Father we come before your throne one more time God today. We thank you for the worship and the praise. We thank you for the children that are here. We thank you for every life, every family. And Heavenly Father we just covet we just covet your presence we just covet your power your anointing lord we thank you god that you are here among us you are doing something special and i pray lord that you will just continue to galvanize our unity here and that father that you would just continue to flow and that there would be a freedom here and that god that we would see you for who you are take us deeper lord take us deeper take us deeper in you we ask and may we, may we understand what you really want to do here, Lord, because I believe you're doing something special. And so, Lord, we just submit ourselves to you. We open up our hearts, open up our ears, our spiritual ears, 
to receive what you would desire to speak to us today. And we ask it all in Jesus' name and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. So last week, the significance of Pentecost. This week, I want to talk about the, 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 the message, or the, um, I got it up on my title. The meaning and the message of Pentecost. Now this morning, I just want us to, to go through the text some and just to begin to track some of the things that begin to happen. If you remember last week that uh, we were talking about what it meant to be filled with the Spirit. We talked about what it was in terms of tongues and what that signified, what it all was referring to. We discovered it had to do with not being saved as much as it was being equipped. And it, that had to do with inspired speech because how many understand that, that Jesus was forming a band of disciples who were to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so we discovered that being filled with the Spirit, when Paul would use that term, and usually in relation to an internal work of the Spirit, we discovered that being filled with the Spirit, according to Luke, had to do with being supernaturally empowered to speak God's Word. Amen? So it had to do with being inspired. We also talked about how uh, it was a, a commissioning. When we talked about how it was also a sign that someone had been empowered, in fact. And we looked at some of those uh, uh, distinctions uh, uh, last week. And of course, we discovered that there was a number of them that were gathered in Jerusalem that day from all over the region, all different uh, ethnicities and customs, and even uh, some of their religious uh, beliefs were, were different than those that gathered there that day. Yet, yet we find that there was this group of Galileans, and these Galileans who hadn't studied, hadn't went to school, they hadn't learned to, to speak all of those different languages. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember being in French class, and I didn't do so well. I think I got 67 in the 10th grade, a 67 in the 11th grade. I don't know if they just decided to give me that mark because it was, you know, but it wasn't all that great. I wasn't the great at, 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 at learning French. But they didn't go to school to learn these languages. Instead, it was the Spirit of God who filled all of those who were there. And he filled all of those who were there that day. And what happened, it tells us that they began to praise God. They began to speak the wonders of God in languages that they had not learned. And so the, the, those that were there from all over the region, they were like, whoa, how in the world is it that these Galileans can speak these things? How do we hear them speaking the wonders of God in our own tongues? And of course we know that they were confounded. They were, they were very... You know, this, this was an awestruck thing. They, they were like, wow, how in the world is this to be? And so some of these guys, some of them had said, well, you know, and they were mocking, by the way, because it says that they were mocking. In verse 13, others mocking said that these are full of new wine. They're drunk, they're into the sauce, that's why. Now, it's interesting that there's a character that we know quite well. And he steps up to the plate. Look at verse 14 for a moment. 
So here they were, this group that was mocking said they are full of new wine. But Peter, other texts say then Peter. Then Peter. Peter. Yeah, Peter. You mean Peter, the guy who would rather swing a sword first and ask questions later? Yeah. The guy who had no problem. I mean, he was defending Jesus, just waiting for the betrayers at the time of his arrest, just waiting and just cutting off the ear of the Roman soldier. Peter, the guy who seemed to want to do and speak later. Peter, a guy who said, Lord, I'll never, I'll never betray you. And yet we know that when Jesus was arrested, after his arrest and him seeing what began to happen with Jesus, that fear, how many would agree this morning, that fear probably came into Peter's heart. And Peter is afraid for his life now. And yet there's a little servant girl who looks at Peter and says, Hey, 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 weren't, weren't you with him? Weren't you with Jesus? And so what does he do? He denies Jesus. And, he done, and even Jesus told Peter that you will deny me three times. And here's a man, controlled by fear, and he denies Jesus. And you remember... Back in John, Peter was what? Peter was, went back to what he always knew, didn't he? What was Peter? Peter was a fisherman. I can relate to the fishing industry. Growing up in Lockport, Nova Scotia, I can relate to that. And so I'll tell you, some of these fishermen are pretty rough. A little rough around the edges. They're not refined. All you need to go down is, is into the bait and sheds and hang around with them for a while. Or go out on the vessel with them for a while. And you'll discover that they're pretty rough around the edges. And I want to tell you, Peter was, not a, was probably not a really refined kind of guy. But he goes back to what he always knew. And Jesus is on, comes and finds him on the beach and has a little fish fry, you know. And Jesus is calling him back. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Because, Peter, i got something for you to do. I'm not finished with you yet, Peter. I'm not finished with you yet. And you remember where Peter and the disciples were in the house and they locked the house doors because they were afraid? You remember that part? Anybody can say, you can say amen to that. They're afraid. But I want you to know that on this day, it was a little different. How many would agree this morning that when you, when you read that, it's like, wow, Peter seems to be a different kind of guy here. Where is the fear? I want you to know that before he was filled with fear, but now he's filled with the Spirit. And that makes all the difference. And look at what it says. It says, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice. In one text, it says that he addressed the crowd. And I've seen commentaries where it says that Peter, this is Peter's sermon. Can I, can I suggest this morning that, that Peter did not spend a few hours in the office that week? Did you know that? 
He didn't haul out the Bible and the Old Testament and start praying and saying, Lord, what do you want me to speak to the crowd that's going to gather? He wasn't pouring over the illustrations. He wasn't seeking out all of this. And he wasn't outlining and filling in. No, this is Peter standing before this multitude, this great crowd. And the Bible, Luke tells us that he stands up and he addressed the crowd. And he lifted up his voice and he said to them. Now, the reason why this is not a sermon is because of this. is because the exact same Greek word which our Bibles use where it says that he addressed the crowd or he spoke to them, is the exact same Greek word where it tells us in Acts 2, verse 4, where it says, And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled or gave them utterance. Same Greek word. Are you getting this this morning? Peter, this rough fisherman, this guy who was full of fear before, is now filled with the Spirit. And he doesn't stand in his own power as he addresses the crowd. He doesn't stand on the pillars of his learning or lack thereof. He doesn't stand there in his own wisdom. He stands there with the wisdom of the Spirit. He doesn't stand there because he's read commentaries. He stands there because he has a revelation from heaven. He doesn't stand there and speak on his own power. He stands there and he speaks under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that makes all the difference in Peter's life. Because Jesus said... That you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses unto me. And so Peter stands there as one who is now filled with the Spirit and he opens his mouth addressing the crowd with prophetic power. And he says to them, men of Judah, you all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words, for these are not drunk As you suppose, since it's about the third hour of the day, it's just too early in the day, the taverns aren't open yet. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. (laughs) This is what's been spoken by the prophet Joel. Notice it was spoken by the prophet Joel. It wasn't spoken by the prophet Isaiah. It wasn't spoken by the prophet Ezekiel. It wasn't spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, which oftentimes will have references to the work of the Spirit on the inside of the person. But instead, Joel is saying something else. And he says, look at this, spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, in the last days, I want you to understand something this morning because if you compare Joel's text and you compare Peter's pneumatic speech, we'll call it, means it's inspired of the Spirit. Spirit Spirit-inspired speech. That the Holy Spirit is doing something also with that text. He's bringing an interpretation to the text for the occasion. And there's some alterations 
And I'm not going to note all the alterations this morning, but one of the alterations is where he talks about that in the last days, God says, in the last days. How many believe this morning that we're living in the last days? We're living in the last days. Do you know that the last days began 2,000 years ago? Two thousand years ago, the last days. Last days is between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. We are living in the last days, and we're two thousand years closer to His coming than we have been before. We're getting closer and closer and closer to His coming. In the last days, God says, "I will pour out my Spirit." The last days. Folks, listen. He's saying, men of Judah, listen to me. We're in the last days. You were expecting something, by the way. You were expecting that when the Messiah came, you were expecting the Holy Spirit to show up. You were expecting a restoration of prophecy. You were expecting that in the Messianic, this is what the Jewish people believe. They believe that when the Messiah came, that there will be a restoration of prophecy. And so what Peter is doing is he's saying, listen, guys, this is what you've been hoping for. This is what you have been expecting. This is what you have been anticipating. Is that that when Messiah comes, because you see, there was a difference. They had this idea that there was the old age and the new age to come. The old age and the new age to come. And when the new age came, when the Messiah came, there was going to be a restoration of prophecy. There was going to be a restoration of the, of the work of the Spirit because in the Judas, Jewish people's idea, they understood the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of prophecy. In the last days, I want you to know that when Jesus came, that was the beginning of the last days. And we are closer now to the coming of the fullness of the kingdom than we've ever been. And what was Jesus' message? Jesus' message was repent for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is near. If you go to the opening parts of the book of Mark, Mark just leaps right into Jesus' ministry. He doesn't give a whole lot of background like Luke does. But he just jumps right in and next thing you know, he's preaching and he's healing and he's casting out devils left, right, and center. Why? Because the good news, the gospel is, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent and turn to God and believe the good news. Last days. In the last days. Oh man, this is good. He says, it shall be, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. In the last days, I'm doing something new. To pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Why is this significant? Why is it important that Peter would re- refer to this text? I'll tell you why it was important that Peter ret- referred to this text. It's because that wasn't the way that they understood it to be. Oh, this was a hope, a prayer from Moses. Numbers 11. That all God's people would be prophets. Do you remember that? spirit of prophecy came upon the Lord took of the spirit that was upon Moses and put it on the 70 elders because Moses needed some help couldn't do it quite on his own 
and they were prophesying, and guess what? Moses was like, I just wish that all the Lord's people were prophets. But that wasn't really the way it worked in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, what was typical was that the Spirit would come upon those who were, and anoint those and enable them, those who were typically were priests and kings and prophets and judges. And God would do amazing things when the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them. You remember, for example, Gideon. How many remember Gideon? Gideon wasn't so courageous, was he now? I'm so small. I'm weak. Who am I, right? I'm, I'm hiding in the back row. Right? I'm the, I'm, I'm the least of the least. I ain't nobody. I want you to know God loves using nobodies. Hallelujah. Because he gets all the glory. And here's, here's Gideon with no courage at all. God, the spirit of the Lord comes upon Gideon and he blows the trumpet. And God uses him to lead a little tiny army to defeat thousands. Why? Because the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, too. You know, we think Samson was going into the gym down at 24-7 Snap Fitness, and he was down there, like I see one of these guys, I mean, he looks like this. And when he's resting, he just kind of stands and he looks like this. Shoulders popping out, arms as big as buckets. And I seen this guy, and he was taking the lat pull-down burr, and he had all the weight. He was pulling it all. And there's this other guy in there. He looks like Thor. His name's Aaron. I've gotten to know him. And, he, and he's there asking the guy that owns the place, like, can you, can you get heavier dumbbells? You only got hundreds. Because he just presses them for 15 reps or so. And it has, has to, yeah. I'm, I finally got around to the bottom side where I got the 80s now. I can get that far. But these guys are like, man. So you think of Samson, you think that this guy, he's all jacked up. No, probably Samson wasn't all that impressive. But what he did when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him was probably incredibly amazing. And you think that he took the jawbone of a donkey and he slaughtered thousands. He put his hands against the pillars of the temple of Dagon and he brought it down in one last in one last burst of spiritual energy as he prayed out to God. And of course, we know he, he, was, he, he didn't do so well at times. He failed, right? He's a womanizer and everything else. But the reason why Samson had the strength that he had is because he, of the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him. The Spirit of the Lord would, would come upon judges for military prowess. The Spirit of the Lord also came upon a young guy by the name of David. And he was the youngest in his family, wasn't he, you know, among his brothers. And he's out on the backside looking after the sheep. I don't know, maybe like in my family, the, the littlest guy, the run of the, of, of the litter, gets picked on by the bigger kids. And maybe David just liked being where he was at. But we know that there was a, a succession plan. God had rejected Samuel as the king. 
and there was going to be a new king anointed. So Samuel, I want you to go to the house of Jesse. And he takes the ram horn that's filled with oil, and he's ready and ready to go. He's ready to anoint the next. And certainly, it's got to be the first guy, right? It's got to be the oldest. Because like in our family, we got the oldest, and he's tall, and he thinks he's handsome. I'm just picking on you. Nope, wasn't the oldest one. Wasn't the next guy in line. Wasn't the next guy. Like, well, you got any more? And then finally, get to the end of the line. It's like, well, will you get any more sons? Well, yeah, I got, yeah, I got one more, one more to go. He's, he's not here. Can you imagine the day when all the brothers watched as Samuel took the oil of the ram's horn and he poured it over David's head and the oil which was a symbol of the Holy Spirit, began to run over David's head and down over his face and down over his chest and down his legs and onto the ground, and he was anointed to be the king. And the Bible tells us that the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And then you fast forward to David standing before a nine-foot giant. And they're shaking in their boots, right? Because now there's a challenge. Let's settle it this way. We'll send out our champion. And you bring the best of the Israelite army. And not one, one of them wanted to budge. And David with a boldness. That's a Holy Spirit boldness. And he moves ahead and they're like, oh, we're going to put the, the armor on you, Saul's armor. Because, man, you can't go. No, no, no. He doesn't want Saul's armor. How many understand this morning there is things that we cannot do with Saul's armor, folks? As good as what we think we can do, our smarts, our ingenuity, all of our human creativity. I love our, I love our fellowship. I love our district. I love what they're trying to do to help. And, but I'm going to tell you that there's some things that are only going to work. Some things are only going to be effective is if it has the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You can't accomplish spiritual, I'm talking about powerful things with Saul's armor. And David now is filled with the Spirit. Spirit come upon him now. He's been anointed. That's enabling, as I mentioned last week, that's enabling language. It's the enabling of the Spirit is upon David. And that's why he has his boldness. That's why he has the courage. That's why he has the call. And, and David, with nothing more than a slingshot, takes down a nine-foot giant. Takes, runs over, grabs a sword, and cuts off his head. And in Pastor Steve's sort of way, says to the, Phil, the Philistines, he says, "Put that, take that in your pipe and smoke it." Why is it? Why is this important? Why is this important? It's because the Spirit of the Lord typically only came upon certain individuals in the Old Testament. And we can mention Elijah and Elisha as well. Elijah did some pretty crazy things. Making food multiply. That sound familiar? Raising people, to, raising people from the dead. Does that sound familiar? You thought, you thought DC Comics, you thought the first fast guy was the Flash? Well, just think of Elijah. 
But see, the Spirit of the Lord came upon certain select individuals in the Old Testament. But guess what Peter is saying to us today? Saying to the crowd back then, he says to them, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh in the last days. It shall be, God says, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, your sons and your daughters. Oh, wait a minute now, Pastor. Like, just think, I want you to, under, listen, you've got you to understand that, that women did not have much of a place at those times. I want you to know that Jesus elevated women. Did you know that? A rabbi wouldn't have women in his, in his school. Jesus had women in his school. Jesus elevated women. And in a day when women's witness, what they were going to say... If they saw something, it would not be admissible in court for evidence. Did you know that? This was a man's world. Women weren't given much room. And yet Jesus gives women room. God gives women room. God God elevates women. I want you to know that. And so so what Peter is saying as he's quoting this, as he's saying that the Spirit of God won't only come on your sons, your, the Spirit of the Lord can come upon your daughters. And your daughters. Listen to what he continues to say. And your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. And even on my men's servants and my maid servants. Now we're even getting further down. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And then he adds this on. He says, and they shall prophesy. Folks, this is a new day. This is a new day when the spirit of God could come upon anybody. Is there anybody here in the church this morning? Can I see if there's anybody's here? Lift your hand if you are anybody. Come on, stick it way up there. You are anybody. Stick it way up there. I want to see all the hands. Okay, come on, come on. Don't be shy. I see some people. Oh, I'll just get like this up like that, right? Anybody. The Spirit of the Lord can come upon anybody. You see little Remy right there? She is an anybody. And she's probably the best candidate here in the room. <laughs> Because we, uh, we get too smart for our britches now, don't we, sometimes? And he continues on, I'll show wonders in heaven above and below and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, and the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And whoever comes upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Signs and wonders. That's another aspect of the Spirit. Did you know that? When the Spirit of God comes upon us, He empowers us to do ministry the way Jesus did ministry. Some people will say, well, no, uh, that's not really how it works. Uh, The reason why that the apostles, the apostles did those signs and wonders, that's, that's really what it was about. It was the apostles, and then when the apostles weren't around, that's when all that stuff died. Well, can you explain Stephen and Philip? They weren't apostles. They were deacons. Amen? 
Their job was to wait on tables. Their job was to take to help in the distribution of food for the widows in Acts chapter 6. And yet the Bible tells us that they were clearly filled with the Spirit. And they did many signs and they did many wonders among the people. Why? It's because it's a sign of the kingdom of God. How many understand the kingdom of God has arrived? Not in its fullness. Not in its fullness. Don't, don't, listen, don't get me wrong. Not in its fullness. It's like I've told people before. It's like, it's like when you're waiting for the big movie to come out in the summer. This big summer blockbuster. But we know the movie is coming in its fullness. It's full length uh, a film. But we, how do we know? It's because we get advertisements and we get these 30 second movie trailers on TV. And it gets you interested in what's coming. It's like when somebody serves up an appetizer. And you taste the appetizer, and the appetizer tastes great. And you're thinking, wow, I just can't wait for the entree and the dessert, full, the full course. But I want you to understand this morning that the miracles and the signs were pointing to something. Pointing to something. Pointing to the king and his kingdom that's going to come in its fullness. I don't know about you this morning, but my Bible tells me, unless we're raptured, that we're all going to die. It's appointed unto us once to die and then comes the judgment. So when we're healed, I want you to understand that when you get, when God supernaturally heals you, we should praise him and say, Lord, I not only thank you for the healing that you've done for me today, but I also know, and I'm waiting in anticipation, that you're going to do the whole thing. We got people going to to the surgeons to get makeovers and to get surgical stuff to try to look young. And Listen, I'm going to tell you, there's going to come a time... When, when God is going to do a whole new makeover, he's going to give you a whole brand new body, and that's what we can anticipate with the coming of the kingdom. <laughs> Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders are still happening now. We saw some things happen last week. We're seeing things happen uh, this week. We're seeing things happen all the time. Why? Because, because we are heralds. We are heralds. This is the point. So this is, that, that has to do with the meaning of Pentecost. Now the Spirit of God is available. The empowerment is available to everyone. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what you do for a living, and no matter what your gender is or whatever, even on my men's servants and on my maid servants, the Spirit can come upon you and empower you for prophetic witness. But then he moves along. And I'm not going to read the whole thing here. But it's interesting that he moves from the meaning to the message. There's a message behind the day of Pentecost. See, if he had to stop right there, we would have stopped on a spot where it would have been talking about maybe like some signs and wonders. But I want you to know that the signs and the wonders, the healing, the exorcism, all the power of the Spirit, is not, that's not the end in itself. How many know it's a means to an end? Amen? It's, they're all signs pointing. It's like when you go down the highway and you see signs that keep telling you you're getting closer to Edmonton. Or if you're coming back home, signs that you're getting closer to home. They're all signs. Prophecy. Listen, prophecies. Dreams. Visions. Signs and wonders. I want you to know there's no power in them to save people. But they point to someone who does. They point to the one true God. They point to the, they point to the man God, Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us there's only one name under heaven which men might be saved. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man should come unto the Father except through me. I am the door, I am the gate. And if any man tries to get in any other way, he is a thief and a robber. Jesus is the only way. And so Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit on that day, he stands before this crowd, this multitude, thousands of people, and he begins to preach under the Spirit. This is anointed Holy Spirit sermon. And he preaches to them. And he says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to by God with powerful works and wonders and signs when God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. And I bet you some of them were there that day saying, yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing or hearing the reports. And then he goes over and he says, but you crucified him. You crucified him. You turned him over to lawless hands and you crucified him. And you had him killed. You killed him. But here's the good news is that God, God raised him up by loosening the pull of death. Because it was not possible that he should be held by it. So he talks about Jesus' life and his ministry. He talks about Jesus' crucifixion. But he also talks about Jesus' resurrection. And in verse 32, just moving ahead really quick, because we do have cake. This is a God raised up this Jesus of which we all are witnesses. Peter is standing up under the inspiration of the Spirit, and he is testifying to them of what he knows about Jesus. Can I make a suggestion this morning? That as wonderful as the healings are, as wonderful as the signs and wonders are, we need some Holy Spirit emboldened people who can stand up with the inspiration of the Spirit and begin to tell others what Jesus has done for them. You pray for someone, they get healed, what an opportunity. Just follow Peter's pattern. And he begins to speak about Jesus. I like what Caleb said that day. It wasn't me, it was Jesus. Praise for the boss. That was Jesus. Giving glory to Jesus. And Peter explains his life. Talks about his death through crucifixion. Talks about Jesus being raised up. Talks about how God attested to him. But there's even more to this. As he move on, therefore, he says, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this which you now see and hear. It's not that they're drunk. It's that Jesus, whom you crucify, but God is raised from the dead. He's the one who's brought forth the Spirit in this power. He's the one who pours out the Spirit. And you move down into verse 36, chapter 2. Therefore, let all the house of Israel assuredly know that God has made this Jesus whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ. What a great conclusion. He's Lord and he's Christ. Folks, that brings them to a a very critical point. What are you going to do about it? Amen? We've just got the meaning and now we've got a message. 
And can I say to you this morning that if you've received power from the Holy Spirit, it means that he He has equipped you, He's enabled you, He's anointed you. Amen? Can we agree with that? That He has equipped you, He's enabled you, He's anointed you, He's commissioned you, He's called you. It's not about the person with the microphone. It's about a church moving in God's power. I'm just a member of the body. You know that? I'm just one. God wants to equip everybody. And anybody. And when God does it, you ain't a nobody. You ain't somebody. Amen? Because the Spirit of God can come on anybody and everybody and somebody can do something great for God. God takes ordinary people and he equips them to do extraordinary things. In a world right now where many Christians are shy to say, to even, I mean, this is one of the reasons why we're talking about the baptism of the Spirit in our, in our conferences. We're just trying to get people to realize that the Holy Spirit can empower you to say something. And look what happens. We call the worship team back. This is when they heard this. When they heard this. When they heard this. They were stung in the heart. They were cut to the heart. And Peter said to them and to the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? What shall we do? I think the question is, is, is the same for us. What shall we do? Could we stand this morning as we close out this service? What shall we do? And to the crowd that was there that day, there was disciples of Jesus, but there was multitudes, thousands of people that didn't know him, that didn't accept him as Lord and Christ. And so for Peter, his answer was this, repent, change your mind. You who've crucified Christ, who've rejected him, change your mind about who he is and receive him today as Lord and Christ in your life. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, Peter says, in the name of Jesus, meaning that you are now following him. And he says, for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises to you and your children and those who are far away, as many as the Lord will call. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, if you haven't accepted him as your Lord in Christ, the call is issued to you this morning to repent. To change your mind about who he is. To receive him as your Lord and your Savior. To receive him as the king of your life. Maybe there's somebody in here today with every head bowed and every eye closed who want to take a moment with this. Maybe there's someone in here this morning you say, I haven't made Jesus my, my Lord. I haven't made him my Savior. I haven't received him. I don't know him in a personal way. And as we're doing this, if we could get somebody just to be a runner, just to get up the, the, the children down with the teachers, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. Maybe there's somebody here this morning. Is there anyone here at all you would lift your hand and say, I don't know Jesus is my Lord and my Savior? Is there anyone? How many of you say there's people that I know that haven't accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior? Could you lift a hand this morning? I see a number of hands lifted up. How many would lift their hand this morning and say, 
that more often than not, I feel more like Peter who's filled with the fear than I am with the Spirit. That when people, when I have an opportunity, out of fear, I, I turtle. I don't have that courage. I don't have that courage to say something. I want you to know that God doesn't want you to be that way. He wants to give you boldness. He wants to give you courage. He wants to give you power. He wants to be able to loosen your tongue so that what he has to say can flow out of you and touch someone's life. He wants to use you in powerful ways because the Spirit is available to all. How many would lift your hand this morning and say, I can use some of that today. I can use some of what happened to, to Greg last week when the power, he felt the power of the Spirit come through him. And I want you to know, Greg, that, he's, that, that you've experienced the power, and guess what? It means, it means that he's given you what you need, brother. All you need to do is say, okay, okay God, here I am. Whatever my next assignment is, I know I can go in your strength, not on my own. Amen? Because he's with us. His presence goes before us. He surrounds us. He undergirds us. He gives us all that we need. And there's no, there's no person. There's no person, no, no obstacle. There's nothing that can stand in the way of our witness. Folks, you can read the rest of it in the book of Acts, that the church, even though they were being persecuted, even though they were being threatened, even though there was those who were trying to arrest them and throw them into jail and even having murderous threats, that when the murderous threats came from a guy by the name of Saul of Tarsus, hallelujah, God got a hold of him. What have you got to fear? What do we got to fear when God is on our side? When God has all the power that we need. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm just, I've been just saying this over and over. Come expecting that God can pour out His Spirit. He can pour out His power upon you right now. Who was it? It was uh, Terry Bone who told me when, back when he was in Grimsby, Ontario. That one time during their services... Sunday school teachers came up from downstairs thinking about how God pours out His Spirit upon all flesh. The Sunday school teachers were coming up and saying, Pastor, uh, we can't really do a whole lot about it, but, but the kids are just coming up and, and they begin to come into the sanctuary and there was a whole bunch of kids coming in and all these kids were prophesying. <laughs> Things were breaking out downstairs. They couldn't contain it. Why am I preaching this this morning? Because I want to see our church be a powerhouse for this community. And if you say, oh, but pastor, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of shy. Great. I'm glad you are. God can fix that. Well, pastor, I don't really have a whole lot to offer. God can fix that too. Because it don't matter who you are. No matter if you're tall or you're short. Doesn't matter if you're younger or you're older. Doesn't matter if you're man or woman, if you are adult or a child. He wants to pour out his spirit upon all of them. And I don't know about you, but 
I see in the book of Acts where they got an initial filling and then there was times when they got refilled and refilled and refilled as, as God was enabling them for different assignments. And, and I don't know about you, it's one baptism, many fillings. And maybe, maybe you are a little, you know, you've got some gaskets and, and you're getting some leaks. Or maybe you've got a few miles on that oil and you need a change. You need an oil change. You need some fresh oil. Well, I want you to know that God wants to keep your motor running. He wants to keep it humming. And for some of you who are doing things in your own strength, He wants to take that hammer that you've been trying to beat down the forest with and He wants to give you a sharpened up, all oiled and greased, Husqvarna. And He wants you to learn how to use it. Amen? Because God wants to put power tools in your, in your hands. Hallelujah. Because we got something to build here. Something to build upon. God is doing something special here. And if that's you, say, Lord, here I am. I, I need your power. I need your strength. I want your spirit to come upon me today. Could, could, if that's you and you're hungry, the altar's open. I'm just going to leave it at that. The altar's open. If you're hungry, if that's your heart, would you come this morning? And we're going to do what we did last week. We're just going to meet people where they are, and we're just going to pray for more. We're just going to let everybody continue what they're doing. But one thing I forgot to do in the service was to receive the offering. And so as we worship and as we praise God, if we could just get the, uh, the ushers just to, just to go back there now. And, and we're, just going to, we're just going to slip this in real nice and quiet. Hallelujah. Because, Lord, we, we thank you for your provision. You are our provision. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence among us. We thank you for what you're doing special here today. And, and God, we want to honor you with our gifts. And so, Holy Spirit, we just we receive these gifts in honor of, of you, Lord, as we give from our hearts. And we ask, God, today that you will use these gifts 
these tithes and offerings, and that, God, that you will multiply them. You will meet every need of our assembly and, and more, Lord. We want more. We want to be a kingdom church. We want to be a church that's reaching out to this community and beyond, Lord. May you, may you supply, Lord. May you be the provision to be able for us to touch more and more and more and more and more souls for your kingdom, for King Jesus and for your kingdom and for your honor and your glory. We, we receive these gifts. Bless them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen.
Father, we thank you, Lord, this morning, God, for what you've been doing among us the last couple of weeks, Lord. We thank you, for God, for the tangible presence of, of your Spirit. We thank you for those that have felt the wind. We thank you for those, God, who have felt your power. For those, Lord Jesus, who have sensed your closeness and your nearness, who have been encouraged and, and strengthened. And, Lord, the lives and the hearts that you are working on, that you are transforming and renovating and changing them, Lord. Uh, we, we, just, we just praise you this morning for the wonderful work that you're doing in our lives and, and the wonderful work that you're doing in our church here today, God. We thank you for what you're doing, and we, we just anticipate greater things. And, Father, we just ask, God, that you will be with each one that is still seeking, still praying, that, Lord, that you will, that you will just visit with them and that they will, they will, uh, that you will minister to them in the way that they need God. And uh, Father, we we pray today as well over our fellowship that we're about to uh, move into in a few short minutes. Uh, we thank you for those who have prepared with the cake and the ice cream and celebration of those whom you have blessed with another year of life. Another year of life, Lord. We thank you for that, and we ask your blessing on our fellowship today. Bless each one, bless each household. And continue, we pray, Lord. Continue, we pray.
this wonderful work of reviving and renewing that you're doing in our midst. We ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 If you're here and you're still lingering, you're still worshiping and don't want to break that up, you, you continue on. The cake and the ice cream, that can always wait.
Yeah. Hey. 